You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. You know, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about both the Republican and the Democratic national plans for health reform. I personally think health reform is going to be a major issue even in these last few weeks of the election. And even depending upon who wins, it's going to be a major national discussion and debate from either party, whoever wins the White House, whoever wins Congress, it's going to be a major national debate about where we go with health care. There's a Supreme Court decision that's going to be looked at and maybe made before the end of the year. They're going to be listening to the arguments right after the election. So it's going to be front and center on news reports. Do we move towards more free market or do we move towards national health reform with Medicare for all, single payer system, more of a government controlled, top down, one size fits all approach? Well, those listeners to this program know where I stand on all this that I would like to see more free market solutions. As a result, we've looked at the Republican proposal and found it lacking, uh, not really updated, some bumper stickers. But last week, the president reiterated a number of items that's in his health care vision and restated some of the things that the administration has already done, which have been very positive in removing regulations and making executive orders about transparency, etc. We want to hear about that today. Now, the president made this announcement last week in a press conference, and I've taken that press conference and I've kind of parsed it out, and I give all the credit to the press conference people who have made copies available. Uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to the full presentation yourself if you want. But what I wanted to do today was kind of break it down to the absolute minimum level of understanding the proposals, because I don't think it's carried very frequently on national media. You don't hear much about the proposal from the president on what he wants to do, what his vision is, and a reiteration in some cases of what he's already done that hasn't gotten recognition. Some of the things that he's done have due dates of starting in the future, the transparency issue, which I think is the biggest thing in his whole arsenal of changes that he's proposed. He signed an executive order to require hospitals and doctors to actually post prices so that you and I would get to know exactly what our costs are going to be, what are our deductible and, and co-insurance or co-payment responsibilities. So I want to start with that today. And what I want to do is give the president sort of an interviewing format here, where I will take some of his answers and I will split them up into pieces. And my questions hopefully will emphasize the real message that he's getting because so much is lost uh, when it's an hour long speech. So I want to break it up into pieces and ask some leading questions. Then you'll hear the president's response as he made the other week in his press conference. So let's get started with that process. Let's talk about defining having the president. Welcome, Mr. President. And would you define your proposal that's entitled America First Healthcare Plans? Just what is your vision for healthcare reform? Give our audience a real understanding of what it is that you'd like to see done. 
Today I will lay out my vision for a healthcare system that puts patients first, families first, and perhaps most importantly for all of us, America first. We will ensure the highest standard of care anywhere in the world, cutting-edge treatment, state-of-the-art medicine, groundbreaking cures, and true health security for you and your loved ones. And we will do it rapidly, and it's in very good order, and some of it has already been implemented. Well, President Trump, what are some of the key points that people can take away from your plan? What is it that you're really trying to do in terms of cost and quality and access and the things that people are most interested in, the price? In short, we're delivering better care with more choice at a much lower cost and working to ensure Americans have access to the care they need. My plan expands affordable insurance options, reduces the cost of prescription drugs, will end surprise medical billing, increases fairness through price transparency, streamlines bureaucracy, accelerates innovation, strongly protects Medicare, and always protects patients with pre-existing conditions. Well, Mr. President, you know we're in an election year. It's a hard-fought, heavily divided country on a number of issues, especially on health care. Can you give a little bit of a contrast between what you're proposing, and those items that you just listed out, and I know you'll get into more detail later on, but can you contrast what you're talking about with what the Democratic proposals are so our audience can have a more clear understanding of how you view the Democratic plan. By contrast, the Democrat Party is pushing a socialist nightmare. Their plan will result in rationing care, nine choice, putting Americans on wait lists, driving the best doctors out of medicine permanently, and delaying life-saving cures. For many listeners who might think that's a little extreme and overstated, Can you give some specific examples of how you think the Democrats are moving in this direction? Over 130 Democrats in Congress, including Senator Harris, have endorsed legislation to outlaw the private health plans of 180 million Americans. Does your criticism include the idea that the Democrats want to give free health care to almost anybody in the world? Uh, They all raise their hands about illegal immigrants getting free health care during one of the Democratic debates. Do you think that they still believe that? On top of it all, former Vice President Joe Biden promised to give free federal health care to anyone in the world who illegally crosses our border. His plan to provide government health care to illegal immigrants would bankrupt our health care system, collapse our hospitals, and destroy Medicare, while bringing millions and millions of people lured into our country. As long as I am president, we will safeguard our borders and our seniors. Mr. President, let's stay on health care, but change the topic slightly with a focus on the coronavirus. Uh, COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on many lives. People who have been sick, been hospitalized, and we've got an enormous number of deaths that have occurred uh, from the COVID virus. What is your thought about the COVID virus and the impact on our healthcare system because of it? How has our healthcare system maybe changed? And how do you plan to address that? 
It's an enormous problem. A lot of people are asking questions about it. And I think even the uh, Biden campaign is really making uh, the virus and uh, what they claim is the administration's inability to properly address uh, the issues. Uh, they think they could have done a better job. But how do you view the coronavirus, both in terms of health care and maybe its impact on our economy as well? Since the plague arrived from China, we have seen our doctors, nurses, first responders, scientists, and researchers at their very best. Slash red tape to accelerate the development of life-saving treatments, reducing the fatality rate by 85% since April. Incredible. Overall, Europe has seen an almost 50% greater excess mortality rate than that of the United States. And despite Europe's punishing lockdowns, they are now seeing a huge surge, very sadly, in cases. Mr. President, I know initially and very early on, you established a program called Operation Warp Speed to bring a virus to inoculate the population as rapidly as possible. You've cut regulations. You push the scientists to uh, engage. Uh, we've got a lot of different options that are developing. Nothing has come forward as of the date we're talking today. But I think there are six different trials that are going on. Uh, give us an idea and understanding of Operation Warp Speed, what it really is, because I'm not sure many in the general population uh, really have heard about it or know about it because it really doesn't get much press co coverage. And the fact that you started it so early on is important. Tell us about Operation Warp Speed, if you would. Under Operation Warp Speed, my administration is developing a vaccine in record time. It will be distributed before the end of the year and maybe quite a bit sooner than that. Four vaccines are now in the final stage of clinical trials. They're just about at the end, and a lot of things are looking very good. It is the most ambitious vaccine program in U.S. history, probably in any history. President Trump, I understand you've taken a very unusual, first time ever in our history step of mass producing this vaccine before it's even approved, just so it's available with the recognition that, in fact, if it's not approved, um, we spent a lot of money uh, that's kind of going to go down the drain. But at the same time, when one of these proves to be good, or maybe multiple ones prove to be good, we'll have the production ready and on hand immediately after it's approved. We won't have to wait months and months uh, for these vaccines uh, to magically appear because it takes months for these vaccines uh, in individual doses to be created, made ready, and even distributed around the country so that at first maybe the first-line responders, the doctors and the hospitals that are dealing with this, uh, teachers and others uh, would have this available immediately, and then the broader population uh, would have it available with maybe an emphasis on those in the nursing homes, uh, those who are older and have the uh, – comorbid conditions, all those things would be valuable to sort of stratify uh, who's going to get this. So tell us about the production uh, that's going on right now. The vaccines are being mass produced in advance so they can be delivered within 24 hours of approval. The vaccine will be safe and it will be effective. It will defeat the virus and it will end the pandemic. 
Mr. President, that sounds like an enormous amount of preparation that nobody has ever done in the history of the country. So I'm not sure how you're criticized for not handling this properly or fast enough or early enough or thinking about it. Um, I know that Vice President Pence and that um, committee that you set up early on has done a tremendous amount of work. And the main reason, I think, ultimately, is that we get back to a sense of normality, that we get back to work. So give us a little bit more insight from your perspective as to the impact this could have on the economy, on people getting back to work, on jobs, and just getting out of the cocoon that so many have been in that have been stressful in their lives, that have caused other medical problems that have been delayed. But the big impact is ultimately on the economy because we are a country uh, that values work and production, and that's what makes our economy so much better than others. So give us a flavor of your insight on the impact on the economy from the work that you're doing on the coronavirus. The economy will surge to record highs. You see what's happening with the numbers that are coming out, records all. Normal life will fully resume. That will be great. And next year will be one of the greatest years in the history of our country from an economic and hopefully in many other ways. I ask our audience to stay with us. We'll be right back with the president of the United States talking about his health care reform package. Be right back after this commercial. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Ron Bachman, and the program is Healthcare Insight. And today we're taking a look at President Trump's recent press conference announcements on what his plans are for health care reform going into his second term as president. Assuming he gets reelected on November 3rd, this is his vision of what health care reform will look like. It's a set of principles, it's a set of initiatives, it's some strategies. And so today we are taking that press conference, breaking into pieces, and asking leading questions so that we can better highlight exactly what the proposals are, because I don't think much of the media is actually sharing this with the public. So let's go back to the president. Transparency is great for the great doctors, the good doctors, and it's also great for the great and good hospitals. That's where it's really fantastic for them, too, in addition, obviously, to the patients. For the first time ever, we will create true competition in healthcare. Both hospitals and insurance companies will be required to post all of their prices online. This transformative policy will allow you to see your exact out-of-pocket cost before you go for treatment, making it easy to shop for the best price. Costs will come way down. Some people think this will have a bigger impact than healthcare itself. It's a tremendous thing. No matter where it's been put, it's been an incredible service, and it's it's worked miracles. It's been brilliant for patients. Mr. President, I understand you have a special bonus for Medicare uh, beneficiaries uh, who use prescription drugs, and most do, but you're going to help them uh, a little bit extra to work their way through until some of these full programs for discounts are available 
on prescription drugs with the most favored nation status. But in the meantime, you're going to be sending them some sort of a check, a card with some money on it. Tell us about that. America First Healthcare Plan includes another historic provision to benefit our great seniors. Under my plan, 33 million Medicare beneficiaries will soon receive a card in the mail containing $200 that they can use to help pay for prescription drugs. Nobody's seen this before. These cards are incredible. The cards will be mailed out in coming weeks. I will always take care of our wonderful senior citizens. President Trump, another big issue on prescription drugs that hits not only seniors, but everybody across the country, is the availability and access to uh, generic drugs. Uh, brand name drugs are usually the most expensive. They come out first after development, but after their patents um, expire, um, we have generic options. And sometimes that generic market really isn't uh, a lower price. So some government push to make sure that generics are available would be extremely helpful with prescription drug purchases by both seniors and everybody else in the country. Tell us about what you've done with generic drugs. We've approved more affordable generic drugs than any administration in history. I had no idea, but I had had many uh, doctors who I have great respect for, by the way, come to me and I said, well, what's the difference between this and this? One is a very well-known name. One is just a pill in a bottle with no tag on it. And they said, zero. I said, let me a little bit better, right? The name zero. And yet the name brand will cost five and even ten times more money than the generic. So we've approved more generic drugs than anybody at a rapid pace, too. Mr. President, one other important item I thought you might um, like to highlight and explain is insulin and EpiPens. Uh, for many people who have problem with diabetes or pancreatic uh, diabetic issues, um, can you tell us what your administration has been doing about insulin and EpiPens that are so important to many elderly as well as, again, many people across this country? We're also requiring that low-income patients receive the benefits of government discounts on insulin and the EpiPen, and that, you know, that is a big, uh, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Insulin is under my plan. Hundreds of thousands of Medicare patients will see their insulin cost capped at just $35 a month. That will be available on over 1,600 Medicare plans that seniors can begin signing up for starting October 1st, and under certain circumstances, literally almost free this uh, insulin, which they were just ripping you on, is close to being free, even lower than the $35 a month. Mr. President, Republicans are typically beat over the political head year after year by the Democrats for wanting to get rid of Medicare, to harm Medicare, to defund it, to get rid of it. Your administration is completely different from the ability of Democrats to even criticize Medicare because you've done so much in what you just laid out to help Medicare patients, beneficiaries get better care, better treatment and lower costs. But are there some additional things that you've done? And can you guarantee that you will not touch or bother Medicare, diminish it in any way while you are in office? 
will accelerate our relentless effort to save seniors money on their premiums. Since I took office, we reduced Medicare Part D premiums by 12%. Medicare Advantage premiums are also down dramatically, a 44% reduction in North Carolina and a 54% lower price in Michigan. Some numbers just like that will ensure that all seniors pay the same price for the same service, whether at a hospital, a surgery center, or a doctor's office. This will save seniors billions and billions of dollars a year. We're talking about the billions. And it also saves our government a lot of money, but will save our senior citizens billions of dollars a year. We're putting into place the largest package of saving for seniors of any administration in history. No administration is even close to what we've done. And I've said it having to do much more than even health care. There's no administration in its first three and a half years that's done anywhere close to the things we've done. No one will lay a hand on your Medicare. Your Medicare is going to be safe. Mr. President, you've been thinking down the road. So it's not just about today and even during your administration. You've been doing research. You've been encouraging heavy development on specific diseases, concerns that you have had for various parts of the population that many times get ignored, things like sickle cell anemia or development of artificial kidneys and and other items. Can you tell our audience today a little bit about those kinds of initiatives that are so important to populations that are sort of forgotten and we don't certainly don't hear about any of this on the news? I'll apply the same Determination to accelerate medical breakthroughs in all areas, including for Alzheimer's, diabetes, generic treatments for sickle cell disease, early detection of cancer, and much, much more. Already to improve care for Americans with kidney disease, we enable patients to receive at-home dialysis, and we're investing in the creation of an artificial kidney. We're getting very close. And we introduce critical incentives to make more kidneys available for transplant, a change that will save tens of thousands of lives. What people have to go through with kidney disease is incredible. It's incredible. They work so hard. I said, how do they do? They can live a long life, but it's so much work to do it. That they literally, one doctor told me that they die of hard work. It's such a job to go and I guess dialysis, etc. It's such a hard job that they die of, of literally they die of just hard work. It's it's uh, incredible what we've done there and what we're doing, and uh, especially with some of the research that's been done, what we're coming up with. You'll be seeing it very soon, I believe. President Trump, the AIDS problem has been around for a long time. I know other administrations have done a good bit. But I think you've given a focus, again, to a population that many might think Republicans don't have a concern about. But you've had concern about people of all stripes, all colors. The LBGT community tends to be Democrat, and AIDS has been a problem for that community for a good while. Tell us about what you want to see happen with the research and development and what you're doing about the AIDS epidemic launched an initiative to end AIDS, HIV, AIDS in America. We think in six years it will be 
largely eradicated. Who would have ever thought? And this could have started two years before I got there, but they chose not to do it. But we have, and we've launched the initiative. It's into its almost fourth year. And uh, at the time we did it, it was going to be 10 years. At the end of 10 years, now six years, we're already down to six. It will largely eradicate AIDS, HIV AIDS in America. Who would have thought that? It's incredible. Mr. President, much of our medical supply chain, as it's described, uh, had aspects of the medicines being produced in China. How do we bring that back to the United States so that we don't wind up being dependent upon China or any other country? And how is that maybe going to help with our manufacturing base that you want to rebuild in the United States? As we invest in the future, we will permanently bring our medical supply chains back home. We will produce our medical supplies, pharmaceuticals, and treatments right here in the United States, right here in North Carolina. We're going to bring a lot of business, too. If you remember, Puerto Rico used to do it, and then they brought tax legislation that destroyed that whole thing. They all left, but they were very happy in Puerto Rico. We're going to bring it back to Puerto Rico and many of our states. That, uh, that will be doing it. And North Carolina, I see, is on the list as being a very top one. We're going to bring it back to North Carolina. In 1996, Biden shut down the whole Puerto Rico uh, industry. This was a very good industry. They were doing a fantastic job. And one day it was just literally done. Biden shut it down with what he did with taxes. And it was, uh, it was a disgrace, but we will bring it back. President Trump, I know a lot of people wanted you to come in and drain the swamp. You came in as an independent, uh, ind- independently wealthy so that you weren't dependent upon political contributions. It seems like many lobbyists, pharmaceutical industry, insurance company uh, industry um, monies have gone in and corrupted many of the votes, that people are dependent upon that money to get reelected. Um, you've been very forthright in saying you haven't been bought by anybody, and you can make decisions that maybe previous administrations and previous politicians could not do because you're not a politician. Can you describe how you've been able to get things done being an independently wealthy businessman? We're standing up for our people. We're standing up to special interests. We're taking on the powerful lobbyists. We're stopping the radical socialists and communists, to be honest with you. I think we've gone as a little bit above socialism or below it, if you want to call it that way. But uh, we are standing up to both, whichever one you want to choose. Thank you, Mr. President, So, for being so uh, forthright in your answers. We're going to continue with uh, talking to the President of the United States through this uh, process of uh, reviewing his um, press conference last week. If you'll hang with us, we'll be right back after this commercial. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Healthcare Insight. We're doing a virtual interview with the President of the United States on his healthcare reform proposal, taking pieces out of his press conference last week and sort of focusing and highlighting areas that I think many Americans have not heard from the normal media and America's Web Radio is proud to be able to highlight and emphasize uh, the programs that the president has put out. There are some good ideas. Is it in legislative form? No. Is it a structure that as a president, they should put out strategies for where healthcare should go and what they've been doing and how it should be done? I think that's the role of a president. And that's what President Trump 
has been doing. So let's listen to more from President Trump. Today I'm laying out my vision for the future of American health care with the America First health care plan. As we restore America to full strength, the first health care plan will be a core part of our national renewal critical reforms. Mr. President, I know and I've heard that your program has three main pillars. Would you please describe to our audience what the first main pillar is of your program so they can clearly understand the direction that you're going? Let's hear about that first important pillar of your new health care proposal. The first pillar of my plan is more choice, more choice. The last administration severely restricted consumer choice through the greatest health care lie ever known. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. You remember that? 28 times that was stated by our president, but it turned out not to be true. When I took office, more than 50% of counties nationwide offered plans from only a single insurance company on the individual market. Starting next month, more than 90% of the counties will have multiple options to choose from, which is really some difference. Under our plan, you'll have the freedom to shop for the option that is right for you and your family. These options include new affordable choices that cost up to 60% less than Obamacare. Think of that, 60% less. For example, we're opening up short-term plans that are much cheaper than Obamacare and that can be customized to your individual needs. We're also offering association health plans that allow small businesses to pool together and offer more affordable policies for their employees. These are tremendous options that didn't exist before we came into office. Mr. President, one of the important things about individual health insurance is the idea of using, for those who know about it, health reimbursement arrangements, which have great tax advantages that the employer can put up some money for you to go buy an individual policy and it's not taxable monies that the employer puts up for you and you can use it to buy health insurance. Also, the other disparity between individual purchases of health insurance and when you get it from your employer that your employer uh, coverage and premiums are non-taxable, yet if you go out in the individual market want to buy it as an entrepreneur or as an individual, uh, you have to pay for it with after-tax dollars. Are you taking a look at that, and how is your administration and your new plans uh, proposing to uh, make an impact in that area? And through a massive expansion of health reimbursement arrangements, Millions of Americans will be able to shop for a plan of their choice on the individual market and then have their employer cover the full cost. Furthermore, I'll work to make individual health care premiums fully tax deductible. Through these and other reforms, we're putting American patients back in charge. We're putting them first. Well, Mr. President, um, telehealth has been a big deal during the coronavirus when we want to have social distancing. Uh, doctors don't want to have patients come into their waiting rooms and sit around. Some people have been just out in the parking lot waiting to be called in. Um, telehealth has been a real savior in many markets, and people have gotten used to it. What is your administration doing to continue the access and promotion of telehealth? My plan will also revolutionize access to telehealth. It's increased close to 9,000 
nobody was using it. And when we had the pandemic, they started using it. Then they started really liking it. Then it started getting better and better. Bill, now it's up to 9,000%. Who would think that, right? One of the few things that we got from this disaster that came from China. Mr. President, did you discover that older people who some might think are more set in their ways, the Medicare population, did they tend to enjoy the opportunity to tap into telehealth? And did they wind up using it in a significant way? Because they were the most vulnerable who really were scared to almost get out of their cocoon and go to a doctor's office. When we rapidly expanded its availability for Medicare beneficiaries during the pandemic, the number of telehealth users increased so incredibly to 14,000 a week. It was uh, 1.7 million. It was increasing at levels that nobody's ever seen before. Just about any kind of a program. This is the future of health care. We will ensure all Americans have the freedom to consult with doctors from the safety and convenience of their homes. Mr. President, you've done a good job of outlining the first pillar of your program, which is choice. And you've given us details on all the different choices that are going to be available under any new proposal your basic principles for establishing the final legislative package. What's the second pillar of your plan? The second pillar of my plan is lower costs for families and seniors. Lower costs. For years, patients have been shocked to receive unexpected bills for thousands of dollars in medical services they never agreed to. The first America First Healthcare Plan bans this deeply unfair practice. We will end surprise medical billing. The days of ripping off American patients are over. My plan also includes the vital reform of price transparency. Price transparency is great for the great doctors, the good doctors, and it's also great for the great and good hospitals. That's where it's really fantastic for them, too, in addition, obviously, to the patients. For the first time ever, we will create true competition in healthcare. Both hospitals and insurance companies will be required to post all of their prices online. This transformative policy will allow you to see your exact out-of-pocket cost before you go for treatment, making it easy to shop for the best price. Costs will come way down. Some people think this will have a bigger impact than healthcare itself. It's a tremendous thing. No matter where it's been put, it's been an incredible service, and it's it's worked miracles. It's been brilliant for patients. Next time, taking on the lobbyists and the special interests to lower the price of prescription drugs. We talk about it all the time. Congress, they come over. We've been talking about it for a long time. They've been talking about it for years. They know the problem, but we've been subsidizing socialist nations and others by paying the highest drug prices in the world by far, and yet we're the largest purchaser of prescription drugs by far. And this is all while countries got away with paying so much less, so much less, incredibly less. Under my plan, we will pay the exact same price as other countries. That's at the lowest level. So we will be matching the lowest price with what's now many times the highest price and we won't pay a penny more. What will happen is the lower prices will come up a little bit, but you'll get discounts of 40, 50, 60, 80, 90, who knows, percent numbers that you wouldn't even believe. 
And we were the only ones uh, in 52 years to bring drug prices down just a little bit. But just a little bit was the only time in 52 years. Now they're going to go down massively, favored nations. This will lead to a very large savings for American families and plummeting drug prices. They will plummet. The Obama-Biden administration caved to Big Pharma and allowed drug prices to explode. The only bad part about this transaction is that they are advertising like crazy. Make sure you don't elect Trump. And all it means is that your drug prices are coming down. So it's, it's incredible. They have unlimited money for ads, but they're taking ads. And every time you see an ad, think that your drug prices are coming down. I now understand why other politicians wouldn't do it, because it was a very easy thing to do. But it took a certain amount of courage. Could you talk about um, drug importation? A lot of talk about states that are starting or have some waivers or approvals to get uh, lower-cost drugs from Canada, and maybe how that would compare to this um, most favored nation status process that you're outlining? Today, my administration is taking action on every piece of the executive order I signed on prescription drug importation in July. The American people pay an average of over, listen to this, three times more for medicine than Canadians. You could be two feet away on each side of the border three times more, and that's the way it is. Canada is far more than many other countries. My plan will allow states, wholesalers, and pharmacies to do something. Career politicians have promised for decades, because it was very simple as an idea, but never delivered. We will finally allow the safe and legal importation of prescription drugs from Canada. Or whatever can go to Canada and buy your drugs for a fraction of the price that they're charging right now. Massive numbers of tremendous numbers. Florida wants to do it. Colorado wants to do it. Many states want to do it. And they will be doing it. But that's still higher than the favored nations. So as favored nation kicks in, I think that probably beats everybody, no matter where you are, no matter where you're trying to buy. This will be a game changer for American seniors. And by allowing you to do this through Canada, uh, we're doing it very, very quickly. So it goes very fast. And the new rule goes into effect as of today. Is that fast enough? Mr. President, it is amazing how much you have done that very few people even know about. There are changes that you've done through executive order, some legislation that's been passed, but I guess too many people are trying to find ways to undermine your presidency to recognize some of the really important changes you've made in the healthcare system. I want you to stay with us, if you will, for a couple more segments, I'd like to ask more specifically about some of the prescription drug changes for Medicare and some of the other pillars that you've described. We've only gone through part of your program at this point. So if our listeners could just hang with us, I hope you're hearing and understanding, and I know in many cases for the first time, some very important ideas. Out of all of these, quite honestly, there are many gems in here. But for me personally, what I've really enjoyed hearing about is the transparency. This change where hospitals and doctors have got to post their prices, because I believe in consumerism. I believe in competition. If you don't know what the prices are for the services that you're getting in the healthcare arena, you really don't have competition, and it's really not a market. You can't go into a retail store and not have prices on the goods. 
And that's what we've been living with with healthcare. So I think this is going to take effect January 1st, 2021. I'm looking forward to that change along with the issues that, Mr. President, you've been talking about. So if the audience will stay with us, we're going to break for commercial right here, and we'll be right back with some more interviews with the President of the United States, President Donald Trump, on his health care reform package. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the final segment of Healthcare Insight. We've been talking about President Trump's press conference last week and asking him questions and getting specific responses in that press conference uh, to areas of his health care reform, his vision, the actions they've taken, some of which his ideas in the press conference are new. In other areas, they are things that have been implemented by executive order, some by um, some legislation affecting uh, Obamacare at the fringes, making it better. But at the end of the day, the new proposal, the president's ideas are based upon three pillars. We've already talked about the first two pillars, one being choice, the second one being cost. So let's have the president give us an idea on the third pillar. The third pillar is around better health care. So Mr. President, take it away from here and tell our audience about your hopes and dreams of any ultimate legislation that will focus on better health care. The final pillar of America for its health care plan is better care. It is the official policy of the United States government to protect patients with pre-existing conditions. And now we have it affirmed. This is affirmed, signed, and done, so we can put that to rest. Any health care reform legislation that comes to my desk from Congress must protect the pre-existing conditions or I won't sign it. And I made that pledge, and I made that pledge last week, but now I'm making it in writing. The new Democrat lie is that they will cover pre-existing conditions, but in truth, the socialists take over economic shutdowns that they talk about. If you look at this state, frankly, where you have Democrat governors, Democrat leaders, uh, those, st- those states are in very, very bad shape with all of their shutdowns. Pennsylvania, you take a look at what's going on in Pennsylvania with the shutdown. We just want a big court case where a judge, a great federal judge, ruled it unconstitutional what they were doing. They're hurting people. There's damage on the other side of a shutdown. People don't realize with suicides and uh, drug use and all of the alcohol, it's a terrible thing that happens. And uh, Michigan's another state. The shutdown is very severe. By the way, on November 4th, I'm sure everything will be open. November 3rd is going to be a very interesting day. And coverage for illegal immigrants will collapse. Our economy will collapse under their system and uh, make your health care system totally insolvent. You know that as great doctors and people that do this. You know that. What they're doing is socialized medicine. And it's not acceptable. It's going to be a disaster in terms of quality and cost. It'll ruin our country. Under their plan, you'll lose your doctor again, and you will lose your coverage. You will lose everything having to do with what we're talking about on my watch. I will never let the radical left take away your health care. You'll always have health care. I will put you in control of your own medical records. Records of 
available electronically, and you'll own them, and you'll control them, and they will be portable, and you'll be able to work seamlessly with all of your medical providers. It'll make your life a lot easier, much, much easier. The previous administration, led by Sleepy Joe Biden, spent $35 billion and failed to get it done. You know, that $35 billion where they failed, we are delivering to give critically ill patients access to life-saving treatment. I also signed right to try. Uh, Mr. President, we've covered so much today uh, because your administration has, in fact, been doing a lot in a number of areas around health insurance reform and health care reform. Maybe you could just sort of go through and Tick off a number of items to sort of summarize an awful lot of what we've done today. Sort of put it all together in one list for our audience uh, to hear again and reinforce the many, many ideas, many initiatives that you've taken. If you would just run that through with that for a few minutes, I would appreciate it. And what I think I'd like to do, I'll do it really quickly. I'm going to run through just a quick list of accomplishments that we've done and you know we've really become the healthcare party and it'll go quickly but I just thought I'd take it out and say you know I'd like to read that to the audience of professionals today this is just a partial list we repealed the individual mandate eliminated Obamacare's health insurance medical device and the Cadillac taxes that's a big deal Expanded association health plans, increased availability of short-term limited duration plans, expanded health reimbursement arrangements, big deal, lowered prescription drug prices, and you will see them at a level that you will never, you'll never see this again, period. More generic prescription proof, savings America, saving America, an estimated $2.6 billion in the first 18 months of the administration alone. So in 18 months, we saved $2.6 million with generic drugs. Signed four executive orders to lower prescription drug prices. Signed legislation banning pharmacy gag clauses. Took executive action to ensure price transparency in health care. That'll be one of the biggest things that's bigger than health care. Required hospitals to post standard prices on the Internet. Modernize and strengthen Medicare with more options, more benefits, and lower premiums substantially. Improve kidney care, such a big deal, with more transplants and better treatment. Kidney care is so tough for people. Substantially lower the price of insulin, as we said, for our seniors. Invested in advances in generic therapy for sickle cell disease. Find cures for childhood cancers, $500 million. We uh, really went very, very strong on drug demand and the opioid crisis with expanded access to medication-assisted treatment and life-saving naloxone. Described decrease by over 35%. So if you look at the, the opioid, obviously, horror show, it decreased by over 35% since January of 2017. We've worked very, very hard on that. Launched findtreatment.com gov to connect those with substance abuse disorder to treatment we have an incredible situation spine treatment.gov passed right to try to give critically ill patients access to life-saving cures where it hasn't been approved yet by the fda 
examples of success that on right to try that have been amazing. Launched an initiative to end AIDS, HIV AIDS in America. We think in six years it will be largely eradicated. Who would have ever thought? And this could have started two years before I got there, but they chose not to do it. But we have, and we've launched the initiative. It's into its almost fourth year. And uh, at the time we did it, it was going to be 10 years. At the end of 10 years, now six years, we're already down to six. It will largely eradicate AIDS, HIV AIDS in America. Who would have thought that? It's incredible. Expanded access to telehealth, especially in rural and underserved areas, telehealth. Signed historic VA choice legislation. Well, we're at it. We signed accountability, VA accountability. That's where people don't love our vets. They don't take care of our vets. You couldn't do anything about it. You have to, they'd have to live in hell with these vets, with, uh, with the people that we're supposed to be taking care of. And uh, we have a thing called VA accountability. They're accountable now. If they don't treat our vets, great. If they don't take care of our vets, they don't love our vets, our country. Uh, we can fire them. We can say, you're fired. Vice VA Accountability took executive action to prevent veteran suicide and launched the 24-hour veteran hotline for ever increase in child care development block grants. Those are some of the things that went done. We've done actually a lot more than that, but we have to get back to business here, right? Those are things that we've done, and nobody has any idea when you look at a list like that, um, Democrats have never done anything like that. Under the Democrat socialist agenda, an avalanche of regulation would extinguish the flame of excellence that makes America the center of scientific discovery, groundbreaking treatment, and life-saving cures. In our all-out war against the virus, we've lifted bureaucratic barriers and marshaled America's scientific, industrial, and technical brilliance. We do have total brilliance. I'll apply the same Determination to accelerate medical breakthroughs in all areas, including for Alzheimer's, diabetes, generic treatments for sickle cell disease, early detection of cancer, and much, much more. Already to improve care for Americans with kidney disease, we enable patients to receive at-home dialysis, and we're investing in the creation of an artificial kidney. We're getting very close. And we introduce critical incentives to make more kidneys available for transplant, a change that will save tens of thousands of lives. What people have to go through with kidney disease is incredible. It's incredible. Mr. President, much of our medical supply chain, as it's described, uh, had aspects of the medicines being produced in China. How do we bring that back to the United States so that we don't wind up being dependent upon China or any other country? And how's that maybe going to help with our manufacturing base that you want to rebuild in the United States? As we invest in the future, we will permanently bring our medical supply chains back home. We will produce our medical supplies, pharmaceuticals, and treatments right here in the United States, right here in North Carolina. We're going to bring a lot of business, too. If you remember, Puerto Rico used to do it, and then they brought tax legislation that destroyed that whole thing. They all left, but they were very happy in Puerto Rico. We're going to bring it back to Puerto Rico and many of our states that uh, that will be doing it. And North Carolina, I see, is on the list as being a very top one. So we're going to bring it back to North Carolina. In 1996, Biden shut down the whole 
Puerto Rico uh, industry. This was a very good industry. They were doing a fantastic job. And one day it was just literally gone. Biden shut it down with what he did with taxes. And it was uh, it was a disgrace, but we will bring it back. President Trump, I know a lot of people wanted you to come in and drain the swamp. You came in as an independent, uh, ind- independently wealthy so that you weren't dependent upon political contributions. It seems like many lobbyists, pharmaceutical industry, insurance company uh, industry um, monies have gone in and corrupted many of the votes, that people are dependent upon that money to get reelected. You've been very forthright in saying you haven't been bought by anybody, and you can make decisions that maybe previous administrations and previous politicians could not do because you're not a politician. Can you describe how you've been able to get things done being an independently wealthy businessman. We're standing up for our people. We're standing up to special interests. We're taking on the powerful lobbyists. We're stopping the radical socialists and communists, to be honest with you. I think we've gone as a little bit above socialism or below it, if you want to call it that way. But uh, we are standing up to both, whichever one you want to choose. Mr. President, would you summarize very briefly everything we've been talking about today in uh, a few seconds, uh, this hitting why this is so important to you and what do you see happening as we move forward with your new administration in a second term? But we are providing better care and more choice at a lower cost, substantially lower cost. We're delivering a healthier, safer, brighter, and more prosperous future for every citizen in our magnificent land because we are proudly putting America first. That hasn't happened for a long time. Well, thank you to everyone in the audience who's joined us today to listen with direct insight to the actual words of our president describing his health reform proposals so that you'll know that if the media, the Democrats, liberals, the socialists say there is no plan, know in your own heart that in fact there are basic principles that a president, a leader should set out so that legislative language can ultimately develop around that. And if we can actually put the right people in the play in Congress, we can actually get a health reform plan that will work for all of us. Come back next week. You've been listening to Healthcare Insight on America's Web Radio. See you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.